This is Brie Larson, and you're listening to Girls on Film. Welcome to Girls on Film and happy International Women's Day. I'm Anna Smith and today I will be discussing the film Captain Marvel, which is out today, along with the marvellous critic, Larushka Ivanzada. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for coming back to Girls on Film. <laughs> you've, we've come back. Hooray. Hooray. Yes, it's always lovely to have you here. Now, we've got some very special interviews also in this show. We have spoken to Brie Larson, who plays Captain Marvel, of course, and Lashana Lynch, who plays a delightfully named Maria Rambeau. Um, So let's find out a little bit more about the film first. As people may know, this is actually set in the 90s and it delves into a previously unseen period in the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, fans will know Captain Marvel to be one of the most powerful heroes in the universe. This is more of an origin story and it stars Brie Larson as an amnesic superwoman who's on an alien planet and lands on Earth during a mission and she starts finding out more about her personal history as Carol Danvers, you know, as well as trying to save the universe, all that kind of thing. But we're trying to avoid spoilers, aren't we? Don't we are, we are. Yes. We'll do our best. Do you think that was relatively spoiler-free? I think that was fine. I think, you okay. know, kind of, you're not saying any more than it's kind of in the trailer and it's out there already, I think. Exactly. Grunge is a good look for you. Did you have a rough day, Agent Fury? I'm gonna need clarification on this space invasion. Scrolls are infiltrating your planet. They're shapeshifters. Okay, prove you're not a scroll. That's a photon blast. And? A scroll cannot do that. I'm just supposed to take your word for that. Now, it's fair to say I was very excited about this because mm. this is the first standalone Marvel female superhero. Were you looking forward to this too? I absolutely was. Of course, yes. I, I felt actually going in, I don't know if you felt this too, I felt like this one is for me. And it is, you know, that's why representation is so important. It's a nice little gift, really. Yes, yes. <laughs> gift for the ladies. Uh, but also, like you were saying, that this is set in the 1990s in this unseen bit of the Marvel Universe. It's the bit of Marvel Universe where women exist. This is the bit of the Marvel Universe that we're exploring in this film, at last. Actual women. Yes, yes. actual women. Not just sexy ladies, but actual women. Well, let's hear what Brie Larson had to say about her role in Captain Marvel. You have to let go of the past. I don't remember my past. Absolutely love Captain Marvel. Congratulations. Thanks. For me, one of the biggest selling points was the close female friendship at the heart Mm. of the film. Was that something that you felt passionately about? Yeah, it's something that I'm really proud of. I mean, there's been so many like movies in the world that anytime you can do things where you get to like flip things on its head or kind of make like small revolutions, to me, the fact that what we would if you want to break down like the the structure of, of filmmaking the great love in this or the love lost and found again is with her best friend um is such a powerful thing for me the fact that we're using it as a way to say you know you'll go to the ends of the earth for your best friend or uh is just weirdly new despite it being something that we all understand and and it's just such a powerful force in most people's lives it's so true that it's why is it so new it's only when you actually see it you realize how rarely we do see it in a mainstream blockbuster film Mm -hmm. and i was very choked up by that yeah i know me too while we were shooting it i and i think you can see it too on screen but i i feel like there's there's a shift that happens in the movie when lashana's on screen Um, a huge part of that is due to her and her presence and the way that she commands a room and the way that she 
holds space and loves. You can tell that she's someone who loves very deeply. And and I love that. I love that you're on this like wild ride. And then the second she comes in, it feels like you're almost holding your breath when she's on screen. Yeah, she really is fantastic. How about you, performance-wise, what were the greatest challenges for you? I mean, the, the challenge really was just, she's complicated and contradictory and making sure that you create a character that despite it being contradictory feels like there's that it makes sense you're not just making random choices that it all seems like it's one person and there's a lot of carols in this movie a lot of different versions of carol flashbacks flash forwards different versions and and making sure that there was kind of continuity between all of that what were the joys of working with two directors one of whom is female mm-hmm I feel like in a movie like this, having a partner would be kind of ideal because it's just so big, like the magnitude of this. Every day on set, I'd look out and be like, this is like a hundred times more people than we had on on Room. You know, it's <laughs> like you feel so far away from where you came from. And so for me, the fact that they too also came from that world, the indie film world, and had the same... Um, they had the same care when it came to the scene work. Not to say that maybe other directors don't with these bigger movies. I don't know. I've never done one of these like this before. But I will say that the fact that our conversations were less about like explosions and car chases and more about like carving out emotional beats. And I think that that becomes the driving force of the movie. Like all of those like colors and lights and things, those are all exciting. But I think the thing that keeps you in your seat is when you feel emotionally invested. Definitely, and I need that to get involved in the action scenes because I have to feel there's something at stake. Totally. And I really felt involved in this, so congrats. Oh, good. Um, Another part that really intrigued me, without giving too much away, is that I feel something about the plot relates to checking our own unconscious bias. Mm. Again, no spoilers. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that... That's very well put. Good. Very well put. And, and that brings me to the, the work you've been doing to promote female film critics, which we're all about, the girls on film. And um, why do you think it's important to have diversity in general in film criticism? Well, I think for me, I make art for the world. And I get asked a lot in interviews, like, what do you expect people to get out of it? What do you want people to get out of I don't have an expectation. And that's why... I learned so much actually during my press days. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about the work that I make. When I get to travel around the world and talk with different people, you get to sort of pick it apart and see all the different aspects of it. And that's where I find joy. So ensuring that I get to have conversations that are um, showing all of the different sides and different ways that we can look at one piece of art is very valuable to me. And how was it working with several cats, may I ask? I was severely allergic, so it was stressful for me and was something that everyone on set found very funny that, like, they'd watch me all day, you know, like, do a major crying scene, like, in in a drop of a hat, no problem. Do a ropes course, like, stunt 50 feet up in the air, no problem. Bring a cat into the room, and I'm, like, gripping my chair and, like, counting every minute. I, I don't know what my relationship is to cats, Personally, I just know that I have I have an issue with my allergies, so, so I try what, to keep a step back. What happens? Is it like streaming eyes and all that business? Oh, it's bad. Yeah, really? my my eyes get all puffy. I get rashy. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not, not a good look good. for Captain Marvel, is it? It's not really. It, it would be bad for filming. We would not be able to get through our day. Yeah. And how are you feeling about the future for Captain Marvel and her place 
in the universe. You know, I believe that Carol can do anything. So wherever she ends up going, I feel like she's going to be very useful. I have this power, but I don't know where it came from. I've never seen anything like her. Let's start with the positives. I certainly found myself very excited and refreshed by a lot of what I saw in this film. Mm -hmm. Because when you first meet her, she is not just a powerful superhero type figure, but the more you get to know her, the more she is a complex person who has a background and a childhood and friends and emotions and all the kind of character stuff you don't actually get to grips with that often in superhero movies. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's about her sort of inner journey and discovering herself, which I suppose lots of superhero origin films are. But yeah, she has to kind of identify her core inner strengths. It's making it sound like some sort of self-help journey. But she does. <laughs> she has to discover her own self, her sort of human self, before she can become her superhero self. It kind of is actually about her getting to know herself. Mm. And I think I that's one of the reasons I really enjoyed it. When it began, it's quite high-tech and alienish. Yeah. And I thought, oh, okay, this is it's a sci- Star Trek. Yeah, it's a sci-fi. That's okay. Yes, yeah, it is. Some of the aliens in it look really Star Trekky, actually, like the scrolls. Re- yeah, really old school with the sort of green heads and stuff. Yeah, pickled green goblin look. Yeah, wasn't absolutely sure about that. But what I liked actually is when she lands on Earth, mm. um, and it's called something else, isn't it? In the in the film, or was the German Charles character called it a real shithole? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. right. German Charles' big line there. <laughs> um, and then suddenly. Then I felt I'm getting a flavour of familiar films like The Terminator, you know, mm. an, an alien in a familiar land um, and in a specific era. And then lots of kind of jokes of the era come along. But also you've got the fish out of water who is exploring our culture, which is always ripe for humour as well as drama. I mean, Terminator is definitely something experienced to mind. There's lots of Top Gun references in here as well. And I think that's, you know, that's very much part of the fact that the, the filmmakers are of a generation where they grew up in the 90s, essentially. It would have been, I suppose, teenagers or young adults. And so I think particularly for Anna Bowden, who's one of the directors, I think this is part of her going back and sort of reclaiming that that period of her life and putting the women on screen who are heroes that she didn't see in the cinema for herself. I mean, that's me completely projecting about Anna Bowden. I don't know if that's if that's the case, but that's sort of how I felt about it. And potentially Ryan Fleck, her co-director. Indeed. Yes, yeah. Um, that's... That's a very interesting point, and how wonderful to have that power to be able mm. to do that. Well, I feel that there's a kind of trend for that. I mean, if you think of Mary Queen of Scots earlier this year, which is, again, sort of going back and having this feminist take on the past, obviously that's centuries before, but I think there's just, now that women are in positions of power as producers and directors in movies, I think they are. They're trying to go back and go back over those different periods of history, be it the 1990s or, like, the 18th century, and, you know, inject a kind of, well, maybe not a feminist narrative, but at least a, a women's eye view on, on what was going on and hopefully put women centre stage. I agree with you that I felt like once the character crash lands to earth, actually, I think the filmmakers are on sort of more comfortable territory. They are, after all, from the indie film world and they are brilliant directors of realistic drama. And I really felt that their strengths come to the fore. If I have a criticism about this film, which isn't a major criticism, I feel it's sort of, you know, when it comes to the action sequences, they're OK. They're good, they're satisfying, they're fine. But it's like you've got a big chase on a train that you've seen a million times before. I didn't feel any of the space battles were I that interesting. I quite liked the chase on the train. It was good. No, I mean, it was good. And none of it's... I'm not like going, oh, they were iffy or they weren't good. I think they totally come up to the mark. But this is not... I think, the reason to see this film. No. Um, when they don't have a 45-minute action sequence in a Marvel movie, I am very, very happy. Yes, I know. Exactly. For me, it's perfect, but... <laughs> yeah, that's the question. Will people who like the Avengers films like this? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say, because we're reviewing it currently before I've seen any other reviews. Mm. But 
I think people might be a bit split, do you yeah, think? Yeah, I think slightly, because I think when I was thinking about, I was sort of going, I really like this film. And I was thinking, but the reason I really like this film is for representation and female friendships. Um, what I feel this film does do is kind of normalise that. There are just women doing stuff really well and having, you know, f friendships with other women in the way they do in the world, but they never have on screen and certainly not in a Marvel movie. It is shocking how rare that is, mm. as, as I told our two interviewees, and both of them felt, as we will hear, that the female relationships were really part of the attraction for them. Um, talk to me a little bit about the characters without, again, spoiler free, mm -hmm. but Carol and Maria Rambeau, what's their background? So both of them are very assured, ace pilots and it's made because it's set in the 1990s they do make the point that women weren't allowed to fly combat at that stage so they are sort of champing at the bit to be out there and doing their bit but are being held back however i think it's worth saying that in the film the kind of sexist aspect isn't really sort of played up as it were it's not sort of going we are making a big feminist statement here by a man going hey you girls you can't fly and they go but we want to fly there's none of that kind of moment in the film they're just getting on with what they're doing which i really liked about it and I, loved, I know she's called Maria Rambo in the comics, but I do love the way she's called Rambo, B-E-A-U at the end, because it just sounds like this sort of alternative to Rambo. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. So the feminisation of Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And Lashala Lynch is so good. I mean, mm. she's an English actress. I didn't recognise her initially from Fast Girls and other things she's done over here. And she really embodies that character. And she has a couple of great monologues. Mm. And let's hear what Lashana Lynch had to say or even sing when we met her in London. Girls on film. That's what I've been, <laughs> since I saw you on the list, that's what I've been singing. Excellent. Good. Yes. I yeah. Like great it. title, yeah. man. Bring the singing. Yes. <laughs> so we're all female voices talking about cinema. Yes. So we are obviously very excited about Captain Marvel. And how excited were you when you got the part? Tell me about how it all came about. Mega excited. I kind of like just dropped on the ground crying in front of my friends while I was getting the news on the phone. Um, it was brilliant. Like, I've been a Marvel fan for a while, man. And just to be able to like be a fan and an employee at the same time is like the most bizarre thing, but also a really nice, rich experience to have because it's you're spoiled. Do you know what I mean? You get to see things before they happen, but then you also get to play them and then you get to gift it to the world, which is the main thing. What was the process like in terms of applying and auditioning and getting through? Well, it's important for me to note that I've auditioned for Marvel for like a couple of years now, maybe a few projects, um, because I feel like people see young actresses audition and get the part and it all seems very easy and very swift and you go in and you know what you're doing and you're just boom, 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 but it's really not that way. Uh, they'd recognise me from my auditions and then I was in LA and did um, yeah an audition with Sarah Finn, who's the Marvel casting director. And it was great. Didn't know what I was going for, didn't know who I was going for, didn't know how many lines it was, how many scenes. But I just knew that, I just had a feeling it was gonna be something special. Um, so yeah, went for it. And then a couple of days later, I did a, a test for the role and then, then I got it. And yeah, the rest is history, as they say. I was saying to Brie that one of my favourite aspects of the film, probably my favourite aspect of the film, is the female friendship. And a couple of monologues that you do really choked me up. It's just so rare to see that in a mainstream film. Was that an attraction for you in the script? A hundred percent. And it's nice that I didn't know who I was playing beforehand because then reading the script as the time went on, I was like, what? So I actually get to say this? These are like 
all the things that like many women across the world have been thinking since the beginning of time. So <laughs> this is a power <laughs> moment, huh? It is so rare and it's unfortunate that it's rare, but it's also nice to be releasing this movie at a time when the tide is changing when we feel like shift is happening and we're actually, as women, standing up and using our voices instead of letting things happen and allowing the taboos to continue. Um, So yeah, it just feels really, really special to have so much that we women have wanted on screen for a long time in one movie. That feels good. Yeah, it's quite exhilarating, isn't it? It feels like the landscape is shifting. And how about you working as an actress? Have you seen things change over the years in terms of the way women are treated on set? Ooh, I feel like so many women have done so much for this shift that has happened over time that I maybe am one of the lucky ones that got to like reap some of their benefits because they have worked so hard. So I'm just like making it a responsibility to take the baton and continue with the change, continue working hard and and not letting things just ride on all of their blood, sweat and tears over the years. But yeah, I do, I do see I do see better treatment. I've, I can only go by the experiences that I've had. And luckily, they've been great ones with like a female showrunner and a female director and a female head of hair, female. Do you know what I mean? It's all been very rich in that sense. So yeah, long may it continue. And if it doesn't, I'm definitely going to do something about it. <laughs> well, on Girls on Film, we are obviously here to amplify the voices of female film critics and encourage diversity in film criticism. Is that important to you as well in terms of who writes and talks about movies? Definitely. Because if you haven't had that experience, you haven't lived it, you at least need to then consult someone who has. Do you know what I mean? And with this, I had two directors who, you know, had written a young black single mother. And it was important to me to represent that well. And in the best light, um, I didn't want her to struggle. I didn't want her to be complaining. I didn't want her to feel out of her depth in any way. And I feel like the more that we have heads of studios and heads of people in power positions, basically, that are able to make those decisions, it makes me feel confident that the stories, one, will be told, but then will be told accurately. Very well said. Um, Let's talk a little bit about Brie Larson. Uh, How was working with her? Fab. Yeah. Fab. Have you met Brie? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, she's fab. She's just like a cool chick, just in, in general. She's cool because she uses her mind and she uses her voice. And I think, for me, that's the definition of cool and the definition of sexy um, in a woman. You're able to just talk for what you want and really stand for something or, and not fall for just nothing. So she does that really well and she's like uber talented and just made it really easy to represent the females that I knew that we both wanted to represent at the start of the movie. Everyone's asked me like, what was it like to just like present a friendship on screen? I'm like, you don't have to, we all have girlfriends. Like we know what we want and we, we know what we like. So we would like us in the film, we were just chatting literally yeah, there was like a lot of emotion and a lot of work, but we were just talking to each other. And I think that's what women are going to take from it. Just these two women connecting and having each other's back. And what about Samuel L. Jackson? How's it working with him? Fab. He's like he's like in the walls of Marvel, isn't he? Really, he's like knows everything about Marvel. Has been in it for so long. So it was nice for me to be in this movie where he's like gone back in time and is exploring like a different Fury. That was really cool, and it was nice to just see how he manoeuvres and and handles takes. I, I learned quite a bit actually. Right. So he knows that 
for this angle I need to do this I need to do you know he just knows how to he's a very very experienced man <laughs> so it was just nice watching him much like with the rest of the cast they're all very experienced and and I came in soaking in a special position soaking up a lot of a lot of information and a lot of um, depth and experience it's obviously when you use the word sexy earlier and because sexy isn't necessarily what in this film what, what in other films is so exploitative mm-hmm. and I thought that was fantastic and I love the fact that there's no real love interest situation for anyone care to comment on that well there there is love there's love connections with Maria and Carol and also with Maria and Monica I mean it's very rare that you see two best friends just getting along having each other's back and then you see a mother and daughter who are very close very open with each other and you can tell that Maria has raised Monica to be outspoken opinionated black and white and also just in control of who she is um so seeing all of those women in one movie is it's, it's inspiring for the older generation and it's also like the younger generation are getting a taste of the world that is going to be from now on. We've worked so hard as adults that the kids hopefully won't have to work as hard. Do you know what I mean? They'll just be able to just enjoy the fruits of our labour, take the battle and continue it and start making like concrete decisions across the world as, as time goes by. And that's not even in the industry. That's like just across all paths, I think. Amen to that. Thank yeah. you very much. Thank you so much for your time for coming on Girls Cheers. on Film. Thank you. For pleasure to me. meet you. You too. <laughs> Not to show these boys how we do it. You ready? Higher, further, faster, baby. Yes, Although this is an origin story for Captain Marvel and it's introducing us to her and she is apparently the most powerful superhero in the Marvel Universe, it's also um, got a lot to do with Samuel L. Jackson's backstory and in a way it's sort of oddly like although a huge landmark feminist moment, a bridging film. It's kind of the between Avengers Endgame and Avengers Infinity War. And so, I don't know. I don't know if that kind of worked or, or didn't. I'm not sure. But um, it, it sort of feels like it's doing two things at the same time. Maybe that's inevitable now the Marvel Universe is so huge that it kind of has to link in with everything else. Yeah, Fury is in it more than I expected, but I didn't mind that because mm. it brought a lot of humour with yes, the kind of body comedy. Humor, yeah, yeah and, and that is something that superhero movies all need, right, is humour, <laughs> along with short accent scenes, please. And I thought the digital um, de-ageing of him was pretty well done. Yes, very well done. What did we think about the cat? There is a cat, a ginger <laughs> cat called Goose. Top Gun reference, Top obviously. Gun reference. Yeah. And I also like the fact that it's not Brie Larson, perhaps because she... <laughs> She couldn't be because she's allergic to cats. But it's not Brie Larson who has a special relationship with the cat. And it could have been such a cliche to have like, oh, it's a lady. She doesn't have a love interest, but she's got a cat that she adores. I totally agree. The it's... fact that a male character is going, oh, my God, you cute little lady, pretty, pretty, pretty. And I just love that. And they, But they didn't like mock him for it. They just presented it as the way it I know. Was. Samuel L. Jackson and yeah. Miss Kitty. It's, Fantastic. It's a lovely yeah. sight. You know what I, I thought, going back to the female friendship, I was really struck, and perhaps because I'm a mother of two girls, at the uh, the similarities with Frozen as a dynamic, because Frozen is famously built on female friendship and sisterhood uh, rather than the male love interest. Also, it has a character who must unleash her inner powers that she's told to master through her hands in big blasts, which is what Captain Marvel does in this film. And I don't know how much that was <laughs> that was deliberate. Perhaps it wasn't. 
Obviously, it worked really well for Frozen, one of the biggest Disney films of all time. But I was like, hmm, this seems oddly familiar in some ways. So maybe little girls who love Frozen will transition on to Captain Marvel. I love that. That had not occurred to me, but you're absolutely right. (laughs) Maybe I've just seen Frozen a lot more than you have. Well, we've got some Frozen chat coming up in a future episode, actually, Mm. of Girls on Film, in which uh, Miranda Sawyer does not think it's that great in terms of female representation. So look out for that. You, you might be disagreeing with her on that. <laughs> but yeah, the hands thing, I hadn't thought about that. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of like Frozen is the gateway drug to Captain Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what did you feel didn't work so well in this film, if anything? I think there is a danger slightly because it perhaps means so much to so many people of making the story and the character of Captain Marvel a bit earnest. And there's a little scene where um, Maria Rambo, Lashana Lynch, is, is talking with her, her daughter Monica and they're going through sort of snaps of the past to try and reawake the amnesia, you know, to, to banish the amnesia of Captain Marvel. And there's a snap of um, this little girl dressing up on Halloween. She's dressing up as Amelia Eckhart, the aviator. And I was like, OK, we get it. Like, female representation is very important. And it sort of felt like another sort of instalment in the goodnight stories for rebel girls or something like that where it's like we are being power empowering and inspiring for the young and i think brie larson because she's playing this very conflicted character spends a lot of the time in a quite internal performance because she's sort of just so confused and conflicted that she doesn't sort of emit much warmth or humor and that's why it's great she's partnered with samuel jackson who, who does that so i think it's quite difficult to sort of warm to her as a hero slightly that's my that's my only criticism but it's, you know it's quite a slight one I yeah say. I know what you mean I didn't sort of I mean obviously I'm too old to want to sort of be a superhero now really like, yeah. like the young girls growing up but I didn't sort of find myself aspiring to be her but I did find myself identifying with her because yes. the idea of an amnesic hero or heroine is always quite involving if it's done well and I thought this one was done well enough that you were sort of going on the journey with her and actually obviously you're slightly ahead of her because you've seen the trailer <laughs> and, and you know you might have read the comic books but um, yeah you're sort of going okay this this is fun journey and all the retro stylings were fun I don't know if I'm really ready to be retrospective about the you know nostalgia about soon. the 90s <laughs> at, at my age but it started we have to admit it great to hear Elastica again though you that's know. it the soundtrack's really fun isn't it <laughs> yeah, and what they did really well I thought which I thought was a little bit of a nod to Thelma and Louise is the changes of clothing and how very artfully and quickly the wardrobe sort of develops and then she, she nicks certain things to make a disguise and then there's a, the, the man's baseball caps put on and she becomes sort of a little bit more masculine but also there's a nice explanation of Captain Marvel's eventual outfit which is done in I would say quite a feminist way but we can't go into it. I think we should talk about yeah how she looks because I really noticed that and I think almost the, the first shot that we see of her character when she's on Cree, her planet and she's about to fight with Jude Law she's wearing a vest she's wearing a vest where you do not see her cleavage this is absolutely astounding in any action film that I've ever seen I was like what and then you I don't think that you see a single cleavage shot in this entire film and maybe I shouldn't be looking I don't know but the fact is that you never see that if you've got a strong powerful woman she has to at least have cleavage you know it's almost like they're going yeah but you know we have to have something for the boys to keep them interested because it's just so normal that Mm. you have this plunging cleavage I'm always a big fan of when these things are dealt with quite well with the plot which I think as I say on the costume side Mm. it did explain it didn't just suddenly have her in a different outfit it very quickly and very efficiently explained how she got from one outfit to another in quite a fun way also the way that she's shot on the poster because she's shot looking straight forward you see the front 
of her and she's facing straight on. Again, this is very rare for women on posters because they have to do, I think there's a word for it, where they have their back turned to the front, as it were. So you've got a shot of their behinds and then they manage to look round. So you also see side boob at the same time. And there's a particular, you know, there's a particular pose which goes on almost all kind of posters like that. There probably is an official name for it, but it's just ridiculous. Oh God, And I, I think, think it's I'm absolutely guilty. impossible in real life to actually put your body in that way. Well, but, I think uh, when we interviewed Kerry Mulligan, she said that when she goes on the red carpet, they go over the shoulder. Oh, and over she the goes, shoulder. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I see, that's probably But then I am actually guilty of having tried that myself <laughs> on the red carpet, probably looking like an idiot. But what I love is that even at my advanced age, watching these films is actually making me reevaluate mm. my idea of femininity and making me think about how I've been brought up, you know, by culture in general to see femininity a certain way and whether it's I'm doing certain things like what mm. I just described because I want to, because I like being glamorous yeah. or because that's the way I've been, you know, yeah, conditioned. Brought up in culture, conditioned. And obviously these are things I've been thinking about since my teens, but I'm thinking about them even more now. Yeah. And isn't that amazing that Captain Marvel can make... <laughs> Exactly, Captain Marvel can make <laughs> And I think that's what we were saying about how you can sort of identify with her. You don't sort of aspire to be her, but you kind of identify with her. And I think she really has that, the way that they've portrayed this character. She is a kind of every every woman character. And she looks just like, yeah, a normal person. She's never like overly made up. Her hair, although sort of quite beautifully waved, is it looks normal. She does not look like she's just stepped out of a salon. She looks like she's a you know woman who is a fighter pilot who gets on with doing stuff and wears practical clothing for doing so. Yeah, and Maria Rambo is the same. You know, mm. she kind of wears boiler suits and flight suits and practical things. And she and still looks great. You know, yeah. she's got some makeup on and stuff. She's you know made an effort. It's but... not like they're going here's the tomboy. Yes, you know, exactly. Then... <laughs> yes, exactly. It's not this kind of like Spice Girls kind of portrayal of of someone. You know, of characters. It's like they're. Really people and i really liked what you said about the fact that there's no sexist man yeah. to rebel against there is a line at the at, towards the end of captain marvel i won't say who she's saying it to in a kind of climactic battle she goes i have nothing to prove to you to a man and that was one of my favorite lines in the film and then it makes you realize that you know this is totally about her journey and she's not defined by a man she's not defined by a male teacher she's not defined by you know her father she's not defined by a male lover She's just working it out for herself. It's very exciting, isn't it? Mm. I think they've knocked it out of the park with this one. I think it's not perfect. There definitely will be some drawbacks for people who are used to the Avengers universe and find this a little bit different. Mm. I think it's a bit slicker than Wonder Woman. That's true, definitely. I think it's much more uh, subtle, I think, really, than yeah. Wonder Woman. And um, I think probably they had a bit more control, perhaps, I don't know, than, than Patty Jenkins. I think I felt with Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman, although absolutely groundbreaking and fantastic in lots of ways, what disappointed me is it starts off with Wonder Woman in this all-girl, all-women universe, and then she goes back to being a woman in a man's world for the rest of the movie, and it's all about her and the men, and then her them going, oh, you can't do that because you're a girl, and her love affair with Chris Pine. And you're just like, actually, that's a bit disappointing. It's like, you can only go so far and then you have to go back and this does go further in a very sort of quiet sort of way yeah I hope it's not going to get well it will get some men rolled up and angry but I think any allies or anyone who just appreciates quality cinema will hopefully yeah. agree with you that it's not done in a big flag waving shouty feminist no. stomping way it's just entertaining but it's subtly groundbreaking and yes. and very a beautiful way of exciting for it. How many stars did you decide to give it in the Metro? Four stars. Four. Four out of five. Hmm. I think that's a sound choice. Yeah. I think it's a four out of five for me. And on a feminist perspective, it's almost a five out of five. Yeah, six out of five. <laughs> One hundred. But um, because it's so super exciting. But in terms of being a good solid superhero movie, it's more than a three out of five for me. 
regardless of mm. that because it has character and it goes into the character of its protagonist and that for me is what I enjoy in a movie more than all the everyone fighting each other in a huge huge battle and that's why often the kind of standalone origins stories or single character led Marvel stories work better for me mm. as a rule so if you like that kind of thing I think you should go see Captain Marvel so that's Captain Marvel, which is out today, International Women's Day. Have a very happy International Women's Day, whatever you are doing. But let's celebrate women all year. How about that? All year round. Um, thank you so much for listening to Girls on Film. The next episode is coming your way pretty soon because we're just carrying on with this feminism luck. Why not? Girls on Film is an HLA production produced by Hedda Archibald and Jane Long. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Anna Smith Journey. She's just the beginning.